Okay, a total disclaimer, because I did a video not too long ago where I listed my least favorite Phil Collins songs, which admittedly got a few people upset. And I included this song, Groovy Kind of Love, in my list. And then I listened to it again, and I, I got to give it I got to give it its day in the sun. I feel kind of guilty about putting it on my list. Hello, and welcome to another Phil Collins song review. I'm your host, Scott. And today we're going to talk about the song, A Groovy Kind of Love, or Groovy Kind of Love. And we're going to go through the history about where it came from. So, okay, here we go. Also, I just want to say, I really do feel bad because I put this on my top five least favorite favorite phil collins songs top five least top lowest five whatever and i feel bad because it was funny is that i actually had just ordered a 12 inch of it just because i was collecting 12 inches i ordered 12 inch of it with the instrumental version of uh, big noise and so i got a 12 inch after i'd already filmed that video and i put it on the table and i listened to it and i realized actually that some of my disdain for this song was coming more from how ubiquitous ubiquitous it was live and actually most of the time that i've heard this song has been on serious hits or even on bootlegs of other shows and and watching shows on YouTube. And so I kind of feel like I kind of gave it an unfair uh, shot just because I'd heard it so much live and I just feel like it's been overplayed live. But the actual studio version is pretty good. I still have some other problems with it, which we'll discuss in a second, but let's dive into the history. The song is a Brill building, Tin Pan Alley type song from the 1950s. So these are like actual office buildings where people would go in to write songs for popular artists or upcoming artists to sing. So there would be composers who sit down at the piano and come up with a jingle or they'd use a song that from that's public domain from history and in this case is what they did with Groovy Kind of Love. I don't know if it was public domain but it wasn't composed at the same time. Then there would be lyricists, people who would just write catchy lyrics, things that would get people's attention. And so the two of the songwriters who are writing this actually thought, and, and just remember, going back to this Brill Building, Tin Pan Alley days, this is where we would get songs like Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, songs that would stick with us forever, I Get a Kick Out of You, which is a great song, What the World Needs Now. Uh, lots of classic songs came from this 50s era of songwriting. The songs weren't, back then, the songs weren't really written out of inspiration or creative muse but because it was their job back then to write songs for people the word groovy was used in this song because the songwriters were like we want to use this word it, it was a it was a word that was kind of um semi-popular in the 20s when talking about groove and jazz and it was slowly kind of being used a little bit more mainstream and so in the in the 50s when the song was written they're like we really want to use this song it's kind of a, or this this word it's kind of a trendy little term let's use the word groovy and what's so unique about the song where I think kind of made it successful is the weird phrasing. And I think pop music does this all the time where it's like groovy kind of love instead of kind of groovy love, a love that's kind of groovy or a love that's groovy or our love is groovy. All of these options make more sense. And if you're speaking normal English, you probably wouldn't say groovy kind of love. And so that I think is finding that way of saying it. Maybe it just fell on the melody a little bit easier, but I think that's what makes groovy kind of love popular at the time is just because of the really interesting title. And it actually, from what I've read is it actually brought the popularity of this song. Let's talk about how popular it got because a version of this song by the Mindbenders went to number two in the UK and number two in the US. So nearly the top. 
Bebop in 1965 and in 1966. And it's been said that the popularity of that song and, and, and Phil would have been, uh, just a young boy, maybe 10 or, or so. Um, and he would have been hearing it on the radio and that's how he would have maybe known to recommend it when Buster came along many years later. But it's been said that this song actually brought the term groovy back into popularity or, or into its like height of popularity in the sixties. That's really interesting. How does it become a Phil Collins statement? He released it in 1988 from the Buster soundtrack. What's interesting about this is that he's working on this movie that takes place in the sixties where he plays a train robber Buster. It's a great movie, by the way. I just watched it recently. Um, a second time I just watched it recently, but probably looking for songs that are from the sixties or songs that sound like the sixties. So they wrote a few songs that actually sound like they could have come from the sixties, but here's one that would have been from his childhood and that he recommends groovy kind of love. He calls up Tony Banks, says, what's the, the, the chords for it? And they play it out, but it was never Phil's intention to sing on the soundtrack. The reason being was this was like his first leading man role. And I think he kind of thought, Hey, everybody already knows me as a singer. I've done soundtracks before. I've had an album of the year. I just had Invisible Touch. Everybody knows me as a singer, musician, drummer. I don't need to show them that again. This time I want to show them that I'm an actor. And so he didn't really want to perform on the soundtrack, but he did a demo of Groovy Kind of Love to show what it could be used or, or what the song could sound like or how it could fit in the film. And it fits great in the film. And then I guess the producers just convinced him to sing the song, which is kind of weird to have like the lead actor the lead character's voice even to appear on screen. I think this song, if I'm not mistaken, is played out. No, 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 it's not played out. I think that's two hearts that's played out. Anyway, it's it's a great song. I do regret kind of giving it a bad rap in my previous video because when I listen to it, the drums sound really great. You've got this snare, this lone kick on the one. You've got this snare and this kind of flammed out tambourine that hits. And then there's 808s in the background. Listen carefully. You can hear some 808s, which is really cool. And there is, you know... There's strings there, but there is a bit of an 80s vibe, even though it's a 60s song. It's in a 60s movie, but it's played, I believe it's played on a CP70. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I can't tell what that keyboard is, but I think it's a CP70, which didn't exist in the, in the, in the 60s. And there's an 808 in there hidden in the background, which also didn't exist in the 60s. So that's kind of interesting. And I don't know if that is not authentic to the era, but I just th thought that makes it interesting. It went to number one. It got him a Grammy nomination. I just wish he would stop playing it live. I mean, I think the reason he plays it live is because he thinks that, you know, he knows there's people who that was their first dance. They walked down the aisle at their wedding to it. And so when they come to see Phil for the first time in their life, they're going to want to hear their song, which is probably groovy kind of love. And it's one of his few number ones. And so it is a number one. And that's why we hear separate lives so often. That's why I put separate lives in groovy kind of love in, in some of my least favorite songs, just because we hear them so much and they're soundtrack songs. They're not really true Phil Collins songs. I also think one more thing. I also think it's kind of weird too. It's like, I said this before that it's like, it's a song written in for the sixties, released in the sixties, a sixties song used for a film that is, takes place in the sixties, but that film is, is released in the eighties stars an eighties star. And that, 80 star re-records a 60s song, but that song goes to number one in the 80s. And so it's kind of funny now that you actually look at a list of some of the top songs in the 80s or see compilation records of 80 songs. And there's songs like You Can't Hurry Love from Phil Collins or A Groovy Kind of Love from Phil Collins, which are clearly not 80s songs, but they were made popular again 
in the 80s by Phil Collins. I always think that's kind of a weird juxtaposition. Anyway, what do you think about Groovy Kind of Love? What are your thoughts on it? Thanks for watching.